Welcome to another episode of Oils, Herbs and Butters. Dear listeners, I am your host, Nyasha, and I am joined as ever by our resident expert who specializes in organic skincare, Rumbi Serima. Rumbi, welcome to the program. Thank you, Nyasha. Hello, listeners. So, um, April is Autism Awareness Month. And we are going to do a series of episodes that look at autism, raise awareness about autism, and also just find out little things, little changes that we can make so that we can not only better understand individuals who are coping with this situation in their lives, but also things that we can do if we have family members who also happen to experience um, autism in their lives. So Rumbi, let us, let, tell us a little bit about why this is something close to your heart oh okay so my son um matthew who's actually just turned 15 um Mm -hmm. he's on the autistic spectrum so i've literally had 15 years of um trying to figure out what it actually is and trying to find methods of coping and um discovering you know a, a lot in the process actually Mm, mm, mm. Okay, so you've said something about spectrum. Some of us might not know much about autism as well. Can you just explain what you mean by that? Okay, so spectrum is from one end to another. Uh-huh. So there are people who are, um, you know, um, who need a lot of help. Okay, there are people who are high on the spectrum who are obviously you can tell that there's something wrong with this person they need a lot of help be it communication um be it behavioral and then okay. there are people on the lower spectrum who are not so obvious because i'm sure people have heard recently of people who are maybe in their 40s even and don't even know that they had a bit of autism Right, right, right. Okay. So is it something that is easy to diagnose? Is it something that, how, how did you, how did you pick up on it in your own personal experience? Because all we can do is share your experience in the hope of raising awareness and maybe inspiring somebody else. Yes, certainly, certainly. So with me, uh, with my son, Matthew, is we noticed that um, his milestones were slow. They came late. So things like crawling, um, things like walking, um, things like actually talking and communicating. You know, he wasn't a very good communicator. You didn't always get that eye to eye contact. And um, he had a lot of meltdowns because he actually couldn't tell you what he wanted or what was going on with him. Right, right. But sometimes what we hear, this is a general thing I hear a lot, and I'm sure you've heard it, and maybe our listeners have heard it too, that, oh, they're boys, boys develop a little bit slower. Yes, we we also um, kind of fell into that um, way of thinking because my mother had told me that my brother, um, when I spoke to her about it, she said that my brother had been late with his milestones, Uh and... um, so I just assumed, okay, yeah, that's how it's, you know, that, that, that is it exactly. And, um, yeah, you know, that's very true. Okay. So what, what sort of other things, so you've mentioned speech, you've mentioned communication and they're slow with their milestones. What other little things did you notice though, that maybe if looking back, you think, oh, we missed those signs and we should have acted on it or was it just when he went to school I, i'm just trying to understand how you got to the process of actually having him um diagnosed 
Okay, so in the first place, um, his in his playing was very different, you know. So where um, instead of playing with a jigsaw puzzle, you would have him um, instead of putting the jigsaw together, you know, you would have him arranging the pieces in in color, okay. or arranging them according to size. Okay. And um, he loved trucks. And he never really played, you know, as little boys do, running around, you know, with, the, with running the truck on the ground, on the floor. All he did was just line them up. He used to love lining them up, stacking them, but it was always in a certain order. So, right. Yes. And it was the same with a number of his other toys as well. Okay. So we can at least start to look out for signs of how they play. So it sounds to me like... Um, his perception of the world oh yes is not quite so when somebody has is on an autism spectrum their perception of of the world is quite different from our own would you say that that's accurate yes yes i'd say that's accurate because even in public because he's got a lot of sensory issues so things like noise uh, things like light and um, in public as well, the way he interacts. So he basically um, would treat people as pieces of furniture. So okay. if, if we took him to the, uh, to the doctor's surgery, for example, he would arrange, rearrange people if they're sitting with their legs crossed. He wants them crossed the same way. They must face their heads the same way. So it was quite, you know, um, interesting. Uh, yeah. And of course, he'd be upset. And things like changing something, the furniture in the house, you know, changing something, he wanted his things just so. So that's, right. yeah, that was another thing that we noticed with him. Okay, so tell us a little bit about his education, though, um, because that sounds like if he wants things just so. The world, unfortunately, isn't geared to to taking into account our personal preferences. How does this affect his education? Oh, he he is uh, he's in, in a special school. Okay. Um, he always has been um, in, in a special school, but just sort of different um, type, types of schools because they also, like us, the you know the teachers would need to figure out what is the best way to teach him. So he likes small environments. So because of the sensory you know um, issues, he likes small environments, and um, he forms an attachment because he's um, he's not very sociable. So he okay. forms an attachment with a particular teacher. So you find that we might, he probably had the same teacher for three or four years for as long as they could actually have him because right. he, yes, that is how he functions, um, which is the same with, um, with care, people looking after him. He latches onto one person and that's the one person he wants. Okay. Um, this is an aside just because I'm interested to know. Is, is there, do all these people that he tends to gravitate towards, are, are there certain qualities that they exhibit maybe perhaps? Um, I'd say what I noticed because um, we'll probably speak in another, you know, uh, in, in an upcoming podcast more about this. Um, Matthew stayed with, um, I took him to Africa. Uh-huh. So one of his teachers was Asian. So she looked, you know, a lot like mummy. And he would... Right. He was very comfortable with her and 
I've noticed with the others, they're a bit older. So they're sort of okay. like Nana. Yeah, because he's used to Brandy. So okay. he's going back to what he remembers and, and I think where his comfort is. So he tends to gravitate towards those kind of people. And uh, Yeah. Okay, that is interesting. It's it's very interesting to know that. So they, there's a certain quality that he is looking for and, and he gravitates towards people like that. So talk a little bit more. When you mentioned, you mentioned sensory issues. Um, some of us might not know. I don't really know much about what exactly you mean. So are you trying to say when you go out and it's loud, it's noisy, how does that affect him? Because sometimes you see, the reason I bring it up is we go out and about and sometimes there's this judgment that is put upon parents and people are looked at their child is having a little breakdown and people almost seem to think well the child shouldn't be behaving like that or the parents should be doing this or how is it that sometimes noises sounds and day what we consider day-to-day life how what kind of effect can it have on somebody who is on the autism spectrum Oh, it can have a profound effect because with him, his sense of hearing is so um, magnified. Right. So noises that normally don't disturb us on a day-to-day basis, they would extremely uh, make him anxious because they're all so loud. And um, it's the same with, with, with talking to him. So because of that noise and because his processing is slower then he becomes anxious so it just becomes like oh Matthew do this so now he's actually um gone faster so he's improving but before you'd actually need to give tell him something and you'd need to wait for him to process it because then the more you 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 said it then the, the the more confused it was just like jargon to him so it's noise and then it's also light Mm-hmm. So he, he doesn't like the light. So you find I've got dark curtains in my house right. and blinds okay. because right. he that that is is calm for him, you know. Um, so so yeah. So so that was that, and also um, m- you know movement. So he it's he may not move. You know he may not walk. He may not want to um, go into a particular environment if he doesn't feel. If he doesn't feel safe, so it's it's those things, you know. We're walking to the, you know, to, to, to the school bus takes a long time, or getting into the car takes a long time, and getting out takes a long time, you know. So it's it's those things that you actually um, need to understand and um, you know take on board. Okay, so being that April is Autism Awareness Month and we we are raising awareness, so we're telling people a little bit about your experience. What would you say because you are part of Matthew's care team how do you care for you oh it is it's extremely difficult but you you end up um you you end up used to having time off when when he's fine because it's like um with Matthew where he's on the spectrum it's sort of like he's 50 now but then sometimes you you get a 10 year old in that body sometimes you get a five year old sometimes you get a two year old (laughs) right 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 so it's adapting you know 
that's the sort of level of interaction and help that he needs on a day-to-day basis. Um, yeah, just depending on where he is that day, how he's feeling. Okay, so what can, if somebody is listening and they think, oh, I have a family friend, a family friend or a, a family member, or I know somebody, I have a colleague who is having to cope with the challenge of caring for somebody on the autistic spectrum. What do you think people need to be aware of and what kind of sensitivities would you like to see um, other people who might not be directly affected by it develop and be aware of? Um, I think it's more um, understanding, you know, understanding your child because um, it's, it's, it's very frustrating because as parents, um, you always have an expectation. Uh-huh. So it's like um, what they put it, someone put it like, um, it's like going on holiday. You, you're preparing, you know, to go on holiday and you're excited about the holiday. And, you know, you fly all the way to, to the holiday and then the destination, um, then it doesn't turn out what, you know, like as you expected it to be, yeah. you know. So it's it's sort of um, trying to, then you have to adapt and then you have to understand and then try and cope with what is go- really going on and understand the place. So you're having yeah. to understand, um, having to understand your child and listening to the experts. I mean, the experts do help. But then at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you know, as mom, you or people closest, you actually, um, you know more um, and you can pick up on the signs more and you just need to question and, and, and get as much help and information as you can out there because, okay, it's a, it's a spectrum. So for me, mm-hmm. um, where I found the information that helped me was online, doing research, okay. reading books. So no one can actually tell you, you know, so if you see something that's amiss, then you actually need to um, be proactive and investigate that and follow through and chase, you know, and and, and chase for what you think, you know, don't, you know, if you're convinced of something, you need to chase it up. Right, right. That's good. And how can, um, how can other people, so how can, how can I be of support to you? In, in what sorts of ways can we support parents? Um, maybe not thinking from an expert point of view, but thinking just from a, from a community perspective, how can we support individuals who are having to live with children or live with whoever it is in their life? You know, how can we support the parents who support these children? I think one of the, um, wh- one way that you can support is uh, if you, if you, have got time you know if it's a friend or it's mostly the time issue because sometimes um you find that small things like someone coming over so that you can uh maybe um you know just have an hour or two hours just to chill out um because unless you've actually got a second person okay i know you can get um depending on where you live you can get help but then it's 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 not always there it's not always there you know but then it's just going down and doing the basic things um playing with playing with the child for just a few minutes you know give Uh the mom a break and when you're out in public because for me I actually cannot take my son out on my own uh-huh. because right. now he's 15. He's taller than me now. 
Oh, right. So he's become a big man. He's become a big man. So it's it's that support, you know. So if we, we, we I, it, it's that support. And also, so not, I can't take him out, but then it depends where we're going to. So if you see someone in the supermarket or if you see someone um, running, I'll tell you funny things that happen is we take him out and then he just decides he wants to run. Okay, and he just right. runs. So then there's me chasing after him. <laughs> right, right. Of course, of course, yes. You know. Which if you're in a supermarket. Yeah, you know, then you have all the stairs. And, um, you know, so it's just also understanding, you know, mm. the stairs you get from people looking. Um, because it, it's a different environment. So it could be a noise that startles him. It could be the light. Oh, it could just yeah. be the crowds. You know, he just right. could feel something at any time and want to get away from this. So he can't say what it is. Right, you know, right. so it's also just understanding and also with gatherings and, you know, um, just giving space, making spaces for children, um, you know, with with, with, with autism or, or children who can't actually join in with with um, joining with what's going on in the group in the main group right. so yes yes so, so okay. that would help okay well so our listeners will be thinking okay how is this connected to oils herbs butters and powders because obviously we're into looking after ourselves as a whole so what can they expect in the next few episodes coming up? Because I know you said Matthew had allergies. So yes. we're going to talk about his allergies um, and what you did and how you coped with all his medications and things like that. What else can our listeners expect in the rest of the series of these um, podcast episodes that we're going to be doing in terms of skincare? So does skincare come into it? Does diet come into it? Do the products we use come into it at all? Oh, definitely. Everything comes into it, um, which is how I actually got started because I discovered that um, all anything we put on our skin can actually affect us. Um, so it was a, for me, it was about looking because of his reactions, one is allergies. And it was particularly upsetting for me because he couldn't tell me what was wrong with him. So mm. it was looking for that better quality of life. So I noticed food, you know, certain types of food um, would, would affect him, would, would affect his moods. Obviously, um, subsequently reading and learning that um, actually what we put on our skin, what we eat, um, the sources, the origin of, you know, the products that we use or the ingredients, that all affects um, people. And so for me what was so stuck is because of Matthew's compromised you know a system all mm -hmm. of these things I changed I made the tweaks and I saw the results so quickly whereas in in people who ordinarily do not have any other issues it might be uh, something which you actually don't notice but for me I really really noticed and that's why I am um, I, I, I became what I became and I started believing what I believe in, in terms of um, our, our health and food, things we use around the house and how they all affect us, really. Okay, brilliant. So we've got um, a few episodes that will be coming up after this one. What's the one thing you think you want um, our listeners to be thinking about as they listen to the next three episodes that we'll be discussing autism 
beauty and diet what's the one thing you'd like them to remember just before we go today you can maybe leave them with that oh i would like them to remember okay from today or before we go i'd like um guys to remember um if you can't eat it don't put it on your skin Mm-hmm. So if you have ingredients or if you've got anything that you are using uh, um, in your house around, you know, um, for your children, especially. So be it um, food, be it cleaning, um, well, not probably cleaning, but be it food or be it cosmetics. You need to look at the ingredients. You look at need to look at the sources of the ingredients because at the end of the day, that is what this is all about. Um, it, it, showing what is uh, what is acceptable or showing what our bodies, what is good for our bodies and what isn't good for our bodies. Because at the end of the day, it is all one circle. Everything is in, in, involved in that. Right. And on that note, dear listeners, we hope you will join us again next time for another episode looking a little bit at autism and also how it affects us and how we can take charge of our own lives and reduce the toxins that we expose ourselves to. So until the next time, it's a goodbye from me, Rumbi. And goodbye from me too. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay.